Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Hello out there in social media land. This is an Awakening TV presentation. I'm so excited. I'm Jennifer LeClaire, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer, Global Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with new houses of prayer launching in the nations of the earth. Also founder of Awakening TV, and that is the venue through which we are broadcasting today. I've got with me from Glory of Zion, uh, Linda Heidler. She has written uh, with Chuck Pierce a new book called The Apostolic Woman, and this book is right on time. Brian from Chuck's office sent me a copy when it first came out. I was so excited to see, first of all, something written about the rise of women, which is so timely, but also uh, the whole aspect of the apostolic. You know, if you look around in the marketplace, see Peter Wagner wrote a lot of really strong books on the apostolic, but many of them are 10, 15, even 20 years old. Shay on recently wrote a great book on modern day apostles. And we've seen a few, but right now there's such a dearth on renewed, fresh information for apostolic people, especially apostolic women, because a lot in the body of Christ don't even believe uh, that women should be in ministry much less apostolic women. So, Linda, I want you to say hello and just tell them a little bit about yourself. You're very active at Glory of Zion, and we appreciate all your work there. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, First of all, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. It's a real honor to be here. And yes, I'm I'm on staff at Glory of Zion. Uh, I have been on full-time staff here since 1996. And so I've seen quite a bit of change over the years, especially in the development of the apostolic. And, of course, being on staff with Chuck Pierce, um, I feel like we have been at the forefront of a lot of that. 
And one of the things that I've seen Chuck um, really have a heart to develop is the role of women in the church. And this was long before we were even thinking in terms of apostles. Mm -hmm. Um, He was ahead of his time in seeing the place that God had for women, how the gifts were to be utilized. But um, then probably over the last uh, 20 years, he has really focused more on the apostolic. And along with that, we have seen, uh, we've just gotten a lot more revelation on how women are to function in a church that is apostolic rather than pastoral. And so I guess it's been my journey through that that inspired this book, the lessons I've learned, the, um, just the things that the Lord highlighted to me from the Word as a result of having a different perspective on uh, women in the apostolic. So that's where the book came from. And I was uh, very happy for Chuck's support in writing it and his contributions and the chapters that he wrote. And uh, so I feel like it is a book that will bring a lot more clarity as far as uh, understanding what the Bible intends for women, for men and women, to uh, function together in an apostolic church. That's so good. That's really, really good. You know, uh, Cindy Jacobs having a big event for women in Washington, D.C. in July. I'm sure you're probably going to that. And and she's she's really has been for a while, but she's really placing an emphasis on this year on mobilizing women. Um, Chuck has prophesied about the rise of women. Lou Engel has been talking about the rise of women. And so it's refreshing because, you know, it's not God's plan for men to do all the uh the work the 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 preaching and women do all the praying there's we have to work together and come up together and partner together uh in this and i think the apostolic uh, you know when we talk about apostolic i believe that the apostolic has embraced women more than uh the rise of the apostolic we see more women come up in that um but let's just back up from it and talk about uh, what it means to be apostolic, because there may be people and there probably are people who are watching us and they've heard apostolic, <laughs> they've heard of apostles, but it's my view that many people really don't understand what it means to be apostolic. So can you share with our uh, viewers, you know, what does that mean to you? What does that mean? When you, you and Chuck and, and your husband talk about this, what do you mean? Well, um, to understand what it means to be apostolic, you have to first understand what an apostle is. And uh, we find in Ephesians 4 that God gave five specific gifts for the founding of the church. And the apostle was one of those gifts. And the purpose of those gifts was to equip the body for ministry and to bring them to maturity. And then in um, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul gives um, another list that says first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And so the apostle is really uh, one of the important foundational gifts for the church. And as you read the Bible, as you read the New Testament, there are several things that you notice that are distinctive about apostles. But uh, bottom line, it would be that apostles have vision from God for where he wants the church to be going, where he wants to take the church. Um, 
apostles have vision for God that is a kingdom vision, and they see how the church fits into that. And they also have understanding of how to implement that vision. They get the vision, and then they know how to get there. They know how to accomplish it. So someone who is apostolic is someone who is functioning uh, in a vision like that. And whether they are in the church, whether they are in the marketplace, whether they're in education, it doesn't matter what field they're in. But they are functioning under an apostolic vision, aligned with an apostolic vision. And they see how their call from God and their gifts fit into accomplishing that vision. So that's, in my view, that's what it means to be apostolic. Amen. I love that. And in my school of the apostles, I teach that same thing. Apostles are visionaries and, you know, apostolic people have a vision beyond the four walls of the church and we need to come to church. Apostolic people build the church. They plant churches. They serve in the church, but we don't just stay in the church. The church is a place where we come to get equipped, to fellowship, uh, to celebrate and worship the Lord, to come together. But apostolic people are sent ones because the word apostle, in the Greek, It's a set one. And so we come together to be sent out. We come together as an ecclesia to be sent out. So the apostolic person, like you're saying, is, 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 is one who sees the vision has, has, has a clarity of the vision and helps execute the vision because in the apostolic, it's, it's not a one man show. It's not a one woman show. We don't, uh, it's not that top down paradigm, uh, where it's like the CEO and everybody is the little minions and apostolic is a teamwork, uh, a paradigm, every joint supplies, uh, all the saints are equipped for the work of the ministry to uniquely contribute what they carry, the gifts and callings of God on them. They're empowered. And so it's so refreshing to hear you talk about the apostolic in terms of vision, because, you know, so, so much of of, of Christianity, so much, so many Christians have lost vision in this hour. And so I believe as we receive the apostolic grace, I believe, you know, we can get a new vision for our life. It's not all about ministry. It's about our life. It's about our jobs, about our family. Uh, and Jesus himself was, you know, he was an apostle. He, if you want to see an apostle in action in the Bible, besides Paul and Peter, look at the, look at the ministry of Jesus, right? Yes. And I think for much of the church, we have been need driven. Yes. Vision driven. And that is one of the major distinctives between uh, someone who is functioning apostolically and someone who is functioning uh, in a more pastoral paradigm, um, is that it's not that they discount the needs, but they see how the needs are met as the vision is accomplished. Mm, that's really, really good. That's really, really good. Right. The pastoral uh, aspect. And we need pastors. You know, I, I have a church. And I have on staff four pastors because I'm not a pastor, you know. And so I, I and, you know, we can all have the grace of a pastor. Uh, but pastors, you know, every church in the New Testament was was planted by 
apostles and apostolic sent ones. And so we need, we, we don't, we don't think less of pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles are not greater than, grander than, better than anybody else. It's just that we need all five and the apostolic until, you know, Chuck and C. Peter Wagner and some others, uh, Bishop Hammond, uh, some mm-hmm. of these pioneers of, of talking about this. We didn't have a full understanding of what it was to be an apostle. We didn't have any model, but now thank God we do. We have apostle Chuck, we have apostle mm-hmm. Dutch sheets. Um, and, and we, you know, we have, we have some really strong models of new Testament apostles among us, Shayon. Um, and so we're really blessed, um, in that regard to see, you know, want to see some real true apostles. Look at these men of God as well in the modern day. Yes. Amen. So let's talk about then. So we talked about what it meant to be apostolic. How does, uh, uh, you know, Sally, Sue, Jane, uh, how does the, the average everyday woman who maybe they're not, maybe they're not called to be in ministry. What does this look like to them? How does the apostolic grace function in the life of a woman who loves Jesus and wants to see the kingdom advance, but maybe they're not a preacher. Maybe they're not a teacher. Well, I think what you said earlier is so key that apostolic being apostolic means you recognize you're not doing it alone. Mm. Recognize that every gift is needed. Paul stressed that over and over how every gift has a place. Every gift is important. Every gift is needed. And I think um, for women who uh, have an apostolic worldview that they see their gifts and their callings. They know who they are. They know what God's called them to do. They know what they're gifted to do. And they see where they fit in accomplishing that vision. They see where their gift fits. And um, another distinctive of a woman who is functioning apostolically is that she uh, recognizes that she's not limited in uh, how she can minister, where she can minister, that if she has the gift and she has the call, then and she's in right alignment, then she's free to minister. And I think um, traditionally there have been a lot of limits placed on the kinds of ministries that women could participate in. Yes. And uh, where the, the, um, the circumstances in which they could minister. And um, in the New Testament, you don't find those limitations on women. And so for a woman to function apostolically means that, that she recognizes uh, what God had intended for women and how they're to function in the church. That's so good. That's so good. And we're talking about uh, Linda's new book, The Apostolic Woman. Chuck Pierce uh, wrote a couple chapters there, and she really uh, brought a lot of clarity in this. Uh, So I want you to make sure you pick up your copy at Amazon. It's called The Apostolic Woman. Now, I love what you said, though, Linda, about function, because so many people, when they hear apostle or apostolic, they they think title. And there, let's be let's be honest, there's been some people who have taken on the title who don't express the function because some people in the body, you know, you know, first it was the restoration of the prophets in the eighties, you know, the prophetic ministry. And then the prophets started prophesying, the apostles are coming. And then the apostles started coming on the scene and people sometimes thought that it was some sort of graduation that they're a pastor, but now they're an apostle because there's an apostolic movement, but it's not about the title. It's about the function. And you said that several times, Mm 
about the function of an apostle. And apostles build, they plant, they govern. Um, apostles are spiritual fathers and mothers. And so we see these, these functions, and it's really important to focus on the function more than the title. Now, I do believe that it, the, the titles are important in the sense, you know, Bishop Ammon is a spiritual father to me. And, you know, he taught me many years ago, back in the early 2000s, I guess, you know, it's important for the real genuine apostles and prophets to allow themselves to be called by that title because the false apostles and the false prophets they use the title freely. And so we have to demonstrate the genuine and the real true apostles that function in that are the best models uh, of it. And you also mentioned alignment. And can you talk a little bit about apostolic alignment? Because I know that's another term that's thrown around a lot. And uh, I don't think people really understand it. How, how is that different or is it different uh, from a spiritual covering? Talk about the distinguishing uh, this distinguishment between those two. Okay. Um, in most uh, church structures, what you see is a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, in an apostolic church, what you'll see is alignment. Yes. It's not a hierarchy. Alignment is being in a right line. And um, in alignment, you recognize what gift is needed in a certain situation, and you give deference to that gift. Mm. Uh, you realize what God is trying to work in a, a certain group of people, and you see this is the gift that needs to come in here. Um, the church in Antioch was a good example because the apostles heard what was happening in Antioch, and so they sent Barnabas, an, uh, an apostle, up there to check it out. And he realized all of these Gentiles had gotten saved, and he said they need a teacher. Yes. So he went and found Paul and brought a teacher. And then the uh, apostles from Jerusalem sent prophets up to minister to him. So you see that they're saying, this is what's needed here. And now they need this because they see the way the church needed to be developed. They saw what was lacking. They saw uh, where the foundation was weak. And they brought in the gifts that, um, that would shore that up and, and bring it to a place of maturity. And um, often in a traditional church, there's the expectation that the pastor is going to do all that. Oh, come on. That's the if truth. You, if you need teaching, the pastor will teach you. If you need somebody to pray for you, the pastor will do it. And there's not a recognition that God put many gifts in, and we need all of them. And and it's not a hierarchy of gifts. It is aligning and recognizing that um, they're all important, they're all needed, but you just need, usually it's an apostle who says, this is the gift that's needed next, and this is where you're weak, and we need to bring we need to bring a pastor in here because we've got a bunch of hurting people that need some pastoral care. And um, so to me, that is the difference between covering. Um, apostles are more of a foundation mm. than they are covering. And uh, so they, uh, true apostles recognize the place that God's given them and the authority that they have, but they, they do not ever lord it over anyone or um, try to like pull rank. That's so good. 
That is so, so, so clear. I hope that all of you are listening really carefully. You need to adopt this kind of language with alignment. There's been so much abuse with coverings not, and, and not everyone who uses that term uses it in, 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 a, in, a, in a way that they mean that they're smothering, but some do. And there's, yes. there, there's been a lot of issues with the shepherding movement back many, many years ago. And so mm-hmm. I prefer the word alignment, even though I know what some people mean by covering. I know there are healthy yes. coverings. I understand that, but I prefer the word alignment uh, because of that. I'm with Linda Heidler and we're talking about her new book, The Apostolic Women, uh, the apostolic woman, forgive me. And let, let's get to the right to the heart of the matter. And let's dive in deeper on the woman part. Why does the enemy resist women in ministry so strongly? Why do we see throughout the ages women relegated to the prayer closet or the kids church? So many churches. You know, I, I'll tell you just a quick story. I uh, when my grandfather passed away, he was uh, an elder, a deacon in the Southern Baptist Church. Now, when he passed away, I was already in ministry and my mother asked me to to, 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 to speak at the funeral, to actually run the funeral. Now, my whole family comes from, from Baptist, they're Baptist preachers. And I, w- I like, we were in the Southern Baptist Church. Now, you know, the Southern Baptist Church, they're, they're good people. That was my family. But they don't like women to preach. They don't believe in it. So here I am at my grandfather's funeral, and I'm like shaking. First of all, I'm upset. Second of all, I'm, I'm in front of all these old school, uh, wonderful Southern Baptist people who don't believe I should be up there. And I shared a message. And let me tell you something. All those good old Southern Baptists came up and hugged me and said, you knocked it out of the park. You preached better than any man would. And I was shocked. And so that was the them recognizing an anointing and a gift from God. But many churches still don't believe that women can do anything much. So why does the enemy resist women so much? Well, my husband has a saying that um, I think is very true. He said, if the devil can convince half the army to sit down, then he only has half the army that he has to fight against. Ooh, that's so good. So if he can if he can convince women that they should not minister and he can convince the church that women should not minister, then he's got half of them already out of the picture. And um, the other thing he'll do then is to say to men, well, Christianity is really not men. And so then the men sit down and no wonder we're in such a mess. Wow. Because um, he's done his job well. And we have his day from him. Um, I think another reason that the devil resists women in ministry so much is because he knows that God's original purpose in uh, creating men and women was that they would function together. Yes. And that was in uh, chapter two of the book and talking about how, when he said, I'll make a helper suitable for you. And some people call it a helpmate. Mm-hmm. It wasn't talking about the housekeeper. It was, talking <laughs> about, it was talking about someone who's got your back in battle. It's about somebody who's watching out for your blind side. Mm-hmm. It's about somebody who's bringing a perspective that you don't have so that you don't miss something. And uh, in the garden, God said it's not good for the man to be alone. And so he created woman, and he knew that there was a snake in the garden, and he wanted Adam and Eve to have a two-to-one advantage over that snake. And if the snake can convince Adam and Eve that they don't need to work together, then we lose that two-to-one advantage against him. So... 
those are some of the reasons I think he wow. so hard to um, oppress women and to prevent them from doing what God created them. That is so, so, so good. I need you guys to support this great book. Please, please, please go pick up a copy on Amazon or on the Glory of, Glory of Zion website. Please, please, please go pick up a copy. There's so much more in here than we can possibly discuss with you in these few minutes. It's called The Apostolic Woman. And Chuck Pierce wrote a couple of chapters. He's, he, he added a, a lot of good stuff to this. This is a great book. It really helped me. I've been operating in um, you know, around apostles for about 20 years. My first church I came into when I was born again was an apostolic church and they were just coming up into this and understanding it. So I had an advantage. I, I see it as a major advantage coming in as an adult, as a Christian, right smack dab in the apostolic church. Of course, there is apostolic warfare, but that's the topic of another, <laughs> another, another broadcast. <laughs> but let's talk about this, this last question here. And uh, I'd like you at the end, maybe get you to pray for some of these women, but um, just a, a corporate prayer. But let's let's talk about this is a very controversial question. And I know that Apostle Jane Hammond is going to be on a Facebook live with me talking about some of this stuff, too. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the big thing is, can can women be apostles? Is this I mean, is it, are, are women just crazy in saying this or, or can women biblically be apostles? Well, if you believe what the Bible says, yes, they can. Amen. I hope so, because, yeah, amen. <laughs> In Romans 16, 7, Paul addresses uh, a woman named Junia and says she is outstanding among the apostles. And um, in recent years, some Bible translators have decided that that must not be right because Obviously, women can't be apostles, and so they actually changed the name to Junius so that it's a, it's a male name instead mm, of a male name. Mm, mm, mm. But in the original manuscripts, it is Junia is very clearly a woman. And then others have objected to the fact that she's a woman by saying um, when it says she is outstanding among the apostles, that doesn't mean she is an apostle. It means the apostles consider her to be outstanding. I've heard that, yes. Yes. The only problem is the word among in the Greek is a word that denotes position. Uh, it's a word that would be saying as she is positioned with the other apostles, she is outstanding. And so there isn't, there isn't really a strong case biblically for saying that women cannot be apostles. Um, In church history, you find women recognized as apostles. It's interesting that um, according to church history, the woman at the well, uh, they they name her as Fotin, they identify her as Fotin, that she went on um, to be an apostle. And in early church writings, she was an apostle. I didn't know that. In the New Testament, um, you find apostles. In early church history, you find apostles. In fact, even when the King James Bible was translated, uh, they kept the name Junia. It's only been in very recent years that there's been uh, an effort to change that so that it, it like negates mm-hmm. the possibility of women being apostles. Um, 
I had an interesting experience about women apostles in uh, 2000. C. Peter Wagner convened the first meeting of leaders to try to determine exactly what apostles are, who apostles are, what apostles do. And at that time, it was, uh, there were just some wild ideas going on. But um, one of the things they discussed was whether women could be apostles. And rather than have a speaker, they had um, a panel discussion. And one of the women on that panel was Naomi Dowdy, which some of the younger viewers might not know, uh, started and ran an extensive network of churches throughout Asia, out of Singapore, Mm -hmm. Um, clearly apostolic. The other woman on the panel was Cindy Jacobs, Mm -hmm. also clearly apostolic by by any measure that you Mm -hmm. want to use, clearly apostolic. And so the lone man on the panel was one who objected to women being apostles, but he had a little hard time with those two women <laughs> with him. And um, so I feel I feel like God has raised women up as apostles and it's incumbent on us to recognize what God has done. Amen. Amen. And you know, you might even look at um, at Deborah as like a type and a yeah. shadow of an apostle exactly. um, in the old testament. Yeah, because she led she led the charge and she was judged. Yeah. Um, and so I obviously believe that women could be apostles. I have a church. They call me apostle. That's what they call me in the church. I have a network. I'm going into England, uh, Australia. We're planting houses of prayers and apostolic function. So I prefer to focus on function, but clearly yes. men and women can be whatever God calls them to be. And uh, here we are uh, now today. So the apostolic woman is the name of the book. I want you to go to Amazon or go to the Glory of Zion uh, website, the bookstore there and get your copy um it's it's a tremendous tremendous book there's so much revelation in it you need women ladies it's only a few dollars go get this book seriously go get this book you will be so glad that you did it's going to open your eyes it's going to help you to be encouraged that you know what all of you have a calling you all have gifts you all have a something to add to the body whether it's through marketplace ministry or raising up a child in the way they should go you are important to the kingdom of god and we need you we need all of you on board and men you want to read it too because you need to understand this Maybe the enemy has lied to you and you just need some truth um, because for most of church history, we've been lied to about a lot of things um, through religious paradigms and things taken out of the Bible and, and those sorts of things. But, but Linda, do you want to mention anything else that I didn't add before we wrap up? And I'm going to ask you to pray at the end. Um, I, I can't think of anything. Um, I don't think I have any more that I need to add. All right. Well, would you mind just releasing a prayer over our audience and just whatever you feel led to do? I just feel like they're all so encouraged right now and they just love to have a prayer from you. I would love to do that. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you created each of us as unique individuals. That You said when we were in our mother's wombs, you knew what you had created us to be, that you called us before the foundation of the world. Lord, I thank you that this is a day when you are bringing more and more people into their destinies, fulfilling their calls, um, were satisfied and fulfilled 
in the way that you've created him and what you've called him. And Lord, this is the day as you're predicting a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit and harvest coming in, that you are raising up the harvesters. You are raising those up that you want to be in the harvest fields. Lord, I thank you for every woman who has watched this uh, this broadcast. Uh, I thank you for the gifts that are in them. Now, Lord, I just declare over them, this is your day to rise up. This is your day to rise up into everything God has called you to be, who he's called you to be, the ministry he's called you into, to exercise the gifts that he has um, given you. This is your day. The church has need of you. The kingdom has need of you. The Lord has need of you. Do not be held back by tradition, religion, or intimidation from any source. Do not let the devil lie to you. And uh, step forward. Allow the Holy Spirit to empower you to be the woman that God created you to be. Now, I bless all of you in the name of Jesus. I bless you with fulfillment, and I bless you with uh, finding your place in what God is doing today. Amen. 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 Pick up the book, The Apostolic Woman. Join my School of the Apostles at schoolofthespirit.tv. Make sure you press into this. If you're excited about what you're hearing, don't just let it be a goosebump and then pass you by. God is stirring something in your heart, and he wants you to press into it so that you can walk in the fullness of what he has for you. The apostolic is absolutely vital. You cannot be fully equipped as a believer if you do not have that apostolic grace. You need that. That is part of the growing up. This is Jennifer LeClaire. I bless you. Thank you for watching. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning on our prayer broadcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible. 